This episode of Ask Me Anything is brought to you by Suncorp Team Girls. Let's build a nation of confident girls. From Mamma Mia, I'm Beck Sparrow and you're listening to Season 2 of Ask Me Anything, the podcast where I answer anonymous, secret, sometimes embarrassing questions from tween and teenage girls. This week we're talking all about self-care and that's another way of saying looking after yourself long term. And since we're all different and have different needs, self-care can mean different things for different people. So for you, self-care could be having a really nice relaxing bath. It could be curling up on the couch and taking time to read a book. It could be going for a run. It could be catching up with friends. Anything that helps you feel like you're letting yourself reset. Or think about when you plug your phone into charge. It's a bit like that. What are the activities in your life that help you feel like you're recharging your soul or your spirit? All right, let's get on to our first question. I'm not very good at keeping a gratitude journal. Can you tell me what some other ways are to practice gratitude? Oh, okay. So this is a good one because I have to say, even though I'm a writer, I am not great at keeping journals either. So this is a good question. So first of all, let me go through why gratitude is so important. I can absolutely guarantee that at some point at home or at school, you have heard somebody possibly lecture you about why gratitude is important or you should be grateful or stuff like that. But I want to just break it down so that you can understand why having a gratitude attitude is really beneficial to you. So What gratitude does, and by gratitude, it's about not just being thankful. I think it's noticing the good things in your day or the small joys or the great moments in your day. And it can be anything from, gee, it was a sunny day when I walked to school today and so it wasn't raining. Or it can be somebody lent you a pen during class today when you needed to do some written work or it could be you came home from school and your mum had put out a really yummy afternoon tea for you. It could be anything. So it's just taking the time. You know what it is? It's taking the time to pay attention and realising that every day there are lots of great things actually happening to you. So it's it's about focusing on those things. So When you have a gratitude attitude, which is what I'd call it, it actually boosts your optimism level. So in other words, in a way, it makes you feel happier. It also keeps you calm. And did you know that there's been some research done by this amazing guy called Sean Acor? I think it's how you pronounce his name. He's an American guy. He lectures in happiness and gratitude, I think at Harvard University in America. If you can come up with three things that you're grateful for every day. After 21 days, it actually rewires your brain to be more optimistic. And of course, when you are more optimistic, it just overall improves your well-being. And I think it also makes you more satisfied with life. And I think also it tends to make you more resilient because you're able to see the good things that happen. So let's say you don't love, I mean, there are gratitude journals everywhere in every shop nearly, but you don't love filling in a journal. I'm going to tell you a couple of tips of how else you can introduce gratitude. Dinner table gratitude. This is an oldie but a goodie, right? Going around the table at night time or whenever your family's together and everybody has to say three good things that happen during the day. You've got to, you can't repeat the thing from the day before, but you've got to come up with three things, even if it's just, I'm still breathing. 
Next one, writing letters of thanks to people. This is a big one or an email. When you take the time to email a person, a company, a coach, a teacher, a family member, a friend, that is just the best feeling. And when you take the time to do that and they receive the email or the letter and you get their response, it can be wonderful. So that's a great thing to do. Here's an idea where you can practice gratitude at school. I read about this thing that was in the States with a class where they did kindness secret agents. And so you had to go around doing acts of kindness to people without them knowing. So it's kind of like being a kindness ninja. So it could be people that you want to thank that have done a great thing for you. And so you do little lovely things for them without them necessarily knowing. So I think those are some different ways. And I have to mention my producer, Ruth, who said that she, I know that you don't, you're saying that you don't like keeping a journal, but she keeps this thing called a one sentence a day journal. That's all she writes. There's no pressure. One sentence a day of something nice or lovely or whatever that she's noticed about the day. And it's so easy to do, right? One sentence will take you like three minutes. But then she's now been doing this for like three years. And so she gets to look back over what she has written over the years. And you know what it does, what it reminds you of? That even on those days where things went pear-shaped or you felt like your life was never going to recover or something horrible happened to you at school, you actually read this journal and you can see that you did recover and good things still happen. So I think That kind of thing is actually a great reminder and it's right in front of your eyes to see that actually I can get back up again and recover and life is still good. So I think that there's some tips there for you. I love that you want to do gratitude and you want to practice gratitude and I hope I've helped you there with giving you some tips. Up next, we'll be talking about sleep. But before that, a message from Laura Geitz. Hi, I'm Laura Geitz, former Australian Firebird and Diamonds captain. Um, In my teenage years, I realised the importance of self-care and being really kind to myself. Um, It took me a few years to, I suppose, really realise that I needed to to be kind to the person I was and be happy with what I had to offer. And the way I went about that was, I think, just surrounding myself with people who made me feel really good about myself. And for me, that was playing the game of netball, being involved in a team sport and being surrounded by like-minded people who had a really positive energy to them and again just realising the importance of of my family and spending so much time with them which in teenage years can sometimes be put on the back burner when you're socialised and and you know you are busy with everything that sport and school offer but they were the two big things that had a really positive impact on me in those adolescent years were my my team sports and my family. Thanks, Laura. Suncorp Team Girls keeps girls playing sport today so we can create more confident, successful women tomorrow. To access a range of tools and resources designed to help build girls' confidence and keep them in the game, visit suncorp.com.au forward slash team girls. Right, next question. Here we go. Hi, Beck. I find going to sleep really hard. I just can't seem to wind down. Do you have any tips? Oh, my friend, you are not alone. I think we are a nation of sleep-deprived people these days for a whole range of reasons. One of the reasons, of course, is our phones and social media. So I'm going to give you a couple of tips, but here's something I want you to be really aware of. 
60% of teenagers find it hard to get to sleep after using social media. So it might not be that they've seen something particularly negative, but I think it just keeps your brain whirring, doesn't it? This is that we've got to remember with social media. I'm not telling you not to use social media if you're on there, but we have to be really careful how we use it because it has such a big impact on our mental health and how we feel about ourselves and the world. I mean, how often do you log on to social media and just feel blah about yourself afterwards or you see something that you weren't invited to or you see something that makes you feel bad about how you look or about how your life is going and then you're lying in bed thinking about it and we know that we are all a lot more emotional at night time, that our logical brain tends to sort of switch off and our tendency to feel stressed and anxious goes up. This is why we tend to sort of worry about things at night time and then in the morning we get up and think, actually, that's not such a big deal. Why was I worrying about that? It's really because our logical brain tends to sort of shut down at night time. So how do you get a better night's sleep? First of all, please get your devices out of your bedroom. What I want you to do is go and get a $10 alarm clock because it is not worth the disruption to your sleep. So even if we just look at the blue light that your phone or your device is emitting, that blue light is messing with our melatonin hormone. And that's a hormone that regulates our sleep-wake cycle. So at the very least, I want you to do something um, put your phone on sleep mode, I think you can, to get rid of that um, or grayscale your phone to get rid of that blue light. But ideally, I want you to sleep with your phone, not in your bedroom, put it outside because, you know, just looking at our phone, even when it's turned off, gives us a sense of FOMO, that fear of missing out, that there's something happening that we're missing out on. I mean, this technology is addictive. It's addictive for adults. It's addictive for kids. It is really hard to not reach for your phone when it's right next to you in bed. And I think, as I say to teenagers all the time, if we're going to have these devices, we need to find a way for it to work in our lives. And at the moment, for a lot of people, it's not working. So I really want you to put your phone outside so it's not pinging through the night with notifications and messages from other people. You need to be getting sleep. And the thing is, if you don't get enough sleep, sleep deprivation can unravel you emotionally. It changes the way you feel about yourself and the world that you're in. It can change your grades at school. It can change the way that you interact with your friendships. When you're sleep deprived, you tend to be a lot more paranoid about things. You become a lot more fragile with your ability to handle things. So I think we really want to be prioritizing getting, you know, eight hours of sleep if we can. So what do you do about it? You're going to put your phone outside your bedroom. You're going to set up a bedtime ritual. So if you want to be asleep by 9.30, then start winding down at 9, right? And that might be that you always have a hot chocolate or a cup of tea, depending on how old you are or whatever. It might mean that you do 15 minutes of reading your favourite book. It might be that you listen to some really nice music or a meditation app. It might be that you have a bath or a shower and put your comfy PJs on. Dim the lighting in your room. Do whatever you need to do to get yourself to tell your body we are getting ready to go to sleep. Do not be propped up in bed with your device. I think what else, a great tip that I heard from someone is set yourself a going to bed alarm. Instead of just having an alarm to get up in the morning, have an alarm that dings to tell you when it's time to get ready to go to bed. Because it's so easy now. You know, I heard an interview with the guy who's maybe the CEO of Netflix, and they said, what's your biggest competitor with Netflix? You know what he said? Sleep. 
So everything is designed now. They don't want us to go to sleep. Our devices don't want us to go to sleep. Netflix doesn't want us to go to sleep. They all want us to keep looking at screens. So what I want you to do is to actively try to disengage from that stuff, set yourself a bedtime and get a proper night's sleep. I hope you listen to me because I tell you something, when you get eight hours of sleep, you'll feel like a different person. All right, the next question is about something you can make at home. Here it is. I once heard you talk about a good mood jar. What is it? Okay, I love the concept of a good mood jar. So there are two kind of different variations on the good mood jar concept. The first one, which I think I got from the American writer Elizabeth Gilbert, and so what she does is every time something great happens in her life during the year, she writes about it on a scrap of paper and puts it into a jar, and then at the end of the year, like on New Year's Eve, She opens the jar and reads out all of the great things that happened during the year or the great moments. So that links back to gratitude, the concept of how do you practice gratitude. So that's a good one. The other type of good mood jar you can do is if you're prone to having blah moments or feeling flat or if you're going through a bit of a tough time, write on different pieces of paper or even on paddle pop sticks things that you love doing that boost your mood or make you feel good about yourself. So it could be having a lovely hot bath. It could be going for a walk on a beautiful day. It could be sitting down and doing a jigsaw. It could be doing baking and doing a random act of kindness, like baking some yummy cupcakes for someone and then dropping them to somebody. It could be watching your favourite movie. It could be making a playlist of your favourite songs, playing with your dog, all those kind of activities. This is kind of like self-care activities, you know, that give you a chance to catch your breath and reset yourself. So what you do is you put all of these activities on different strips of paper or different paddle pop sticks, put them into a jar, and then on a day where you're feeling really you've had a bad day, you're just feeling flat or down, or you've had a horrible day for a whole range of reasons, you go to this jar and you reach in and you randomly pull one of these things out and you do that activity. It's just a way to remind you about the priority of looking after yourself and looking after your mental health and your well-being. Life is busy and it's very noisy. And I think all of us kids and adults are being pulled in a thousand directions And again, I know I talk about phones a lot, but, you know, even just you come home from school and your phone is just flooded with messages from friends and conversations. Sometimes I feel like it all feels like we're being pecked to death from different things. And I think sometimes what we want to do is actually disconnect and get calm and do one of these activities that makes us feel really good about ourselves and just helps us relax and breathe. So good mood jar, try and make one this weekend. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ask Me Anything. If you have a question, email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au or call me on the pod phone on 028999986. Next week, we're talking parents. Ask Me Anything is produced by Ruth DeGlar, Eliza Ratliff and Amelia Navasquez for Mamma Mia. This episode of Ask Me Anything was brought to you by Suncorp Team Girls. Let's build a nation of confident girls.